Welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at DaughterSTPaul. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, we're back. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. I'm Sister Benedicta. I'm Sister Oriane Pietra-Renee. And, and today, I'm sorry, interrupting you. <laughs> today we have interrupting cow. No. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> today we have. My name is Sister Chelsea Bethany, if you haven't already guessed. <laughs> you just heard my voice in the introduction. Yay. And, if, and I wasn't calling her a cow. If you don't know the knock-knock joke, Google it. <laughs> yes. Also, my family raises cows, so also <gasps> other connections. I didn't think of that point. Yes, there you go. That's so awesome. We've been away. It's been it's been chill. Yeah. Yeah. Our podcast feed's been quiet. We've been quiet. We've we've been very quiet. Actually, yeah, we were <laughs> yes, thinking actually. we don't really have like a content in the convent because we've spent this month either in like frenetic activity or in total silence. Yeah. Utter so silence, um, and actually both. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, we went away to make our annual retreat. So the sisters every year make an eight day silent retreat. And so that's part of how we spent the past month. And that is really fantastic and beautiful. And so I guess our content is like whatever Jesus was whispering into our ear during those times. Mm -hmm. And then the other time that we were away, uh, we were away for the perpetual professions of Sister Chelsea Bethany Mm -hmm. and Sister Carly Paula, who you met in our very last episode. Yay. So that was awesome and exciting. And now we're back and recovered well, I'm glad you guys are recovering. <laughs> well, I was good point. no, I, I after my perpetual profession mass, which was so beautiful, and there's so many graces, and it was so beautiful to see my parish family merge with, well, my my actual biological family, my parish family, and my religious family all in the mm. same moment was just like. I didn't realize how overwhelmed with love I was going to feel. It was, like, absolutely crazy. And then I went on home visit with my family after Perpetual Profession. And sometimes I freaking love my family. They're great, and we had a great time. And all of my siblings are, like, official adults now, which is really weird. I'm the <laughs> oldest of six, so, like, my youngest brother just turned 18, so everybody's oh, wow. an adult, right? How is he 18? I know. He's, and everybody's taller than me, and they <laughs> reminded me every single day that I was home. Um <laughs> But anyway, sometimes I, like I said, I love my family, but sometimes I feel like I need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> and so I just came back from that and then like retreat and encounter and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I'm just now getting to the point of like, I can think about recovering now. <laughs> right. And like process everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can process Pro- all process. of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can process it. You can process, process it. it. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Whatever language you want. <laughs> 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 oh man. So if if someone was wondering and just like what's it like to make perpetual profession? How would you answer them? Um we explained a little bit what it was with Sister Carly mm-hmm. Paula. So sure. if you could just like yeah. give that a little bit cuz she was she was talking before she made it. So now we get oh, you after how fun. you made it. Yeah, so. Cool. so actually it was really funny somebody was asking me like the day actually not even somebody like I feel like all morning 
my perpetual profession was at the 11 a.m. parish mass. So I was around the parish for like the hour before mass. And so people kept coming up to me to like, you know, do things and ask me things and whatever. But people kept being like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? <laughs> and it was really strange because for my first profession, I felt like all the feels. I was like nervous and excited. And I like, because you don't totally know what you're saying yes to. You like learned about it, but you've mm-hmm. never actually lived it. So you're mm-hmm. like, I think I'm ready, but like, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> like, And like, you're nervous. You're like, at least for me, like I was afraid I was going to like say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or like invalidate <laughs> the whole thing. And like... <laughs> Because like people, everybody stay here. We have to do it again. Yeah. Our our superior, the superior that received my vows was like joking at one point. She was like, "Make sure you put the right hand on the Bible because otherwise it's totally invalid and you have to do it again." And I was like, <gasps> "She was, you know, I'm joking, right?" And I was like, "Okay," because I was like, actually, like, oh my gosh, what if I, what if I use the wrong hand? Like, so I was just like nervous, excited at my at my first profession. But for my final profession, when I was, everybody kept asking me how I was feeling, and I was like. I feel like such an incredible sense of peace in this moment. And mm-hmm. like the year leading up to perpetual profession was like a crazy year. We were in Italy. We were learning a new language. We were seeing our our community from a very international perspective. And mm-hmm. we were living with sisters from different countries. And there was just like a lot of like craziness, misunderstanding, beautiful <laughs> things. Like it was a lot. And so I'm just standing there and it was like, Peace maybe is the last thing I thought I would be feeling right now, but I felt like this incredible sense of peace. And it was almost like because people people kept kind of saying like, oh, it's like your wedding day. And I was like, I feel like I did the wedding day jitters at first profession. Mm -hmm. This is more like a vow renewal. It's not a great analogy, but it's like more Mm -hmm. of like I know whose I am. I know who I belong to. There is an there isn't anywhere else I would rather be standing with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And as I look at that crucifix, I'm like, I know that this is where I'm supposed to be right now at this moment. And um, I know that he is with me. And so it was like this moment of like, I don't feel nervous. I don't feel afraid in the way that I was afraid at my first profession. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like like I know to whom I am giving my entire life for the rest of my life. And it was just like this incredible sense of just like, peace and joy on that day that like I can't quite describe but like I'll just tell you it was like such a grace to like to be able to hold that the whole day and and I'm if anybody knows me, I'm a big crier. Like, you like, <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. I see a sad puppy and I'm just, like, in tears. Like, I've not never, really. I've but never like, seen it before. I don't, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't believe I cry all the time. So I'm a big crier. And I asked Jesus, I was like, honey, for my, for, the, for our first, <laughs> I was like, listen, this might be a vain request. But, like, love, if you could just, like, not let me just totally lose it during the Mass because I'm just, like, it's such a beautiful Mass. And, like, seeing all of my sisters there and just, like, being received into the congregation forever was like, I was like, oh, this is a lot. And so I was like, Jesus, if I could feel it all, but like not let it come out through my eyes, that would be great. <laughs> so I was like, that's that's your gift to me today. Please let it be, may your will be my will and about this thing. Okay, thank you. Um, and like it actually happened, although Sister Rebecca Marie, who I know has also been on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think will she be. was the last episode. Okay. I think yeah. Sister Carly was one before her. I okay. think I misspoke, yeah. Excellent. Well, Sister Rebecca Marie it's almost almost made me cry because at the she like she's good at that sister. Oh my gosh, she was my <laughs> yeah. postural formator. She was also she was mine. Yeah. Yours uh-huh. and was she your novice, novice formator? Yeah. Okay. So we've all had her for formation, and she like knows me very deeply, and we have really great relationships. So 
I was like, I made my vows and I get back to the pew and she's sitting next to me and she turns to me and she like, she hugs me. And when she's done, she like grabs my shoulders and looks into my eyes and says like, she starts to say something like, I'm so proud of you or like whatever. And I was like, don't do this right now. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> I was like, thank you. But like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, it was so sweet. Anyway, that's, that's a total aside, but it was such a beautiful day. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, and I was so glad you guys were able to be there. Oh, we were yeah. glad, too. <laughs> we were yeah. glad, too. Yeah. It was really beautiful. So we have a fantastic and very long gospel passage to reflect on today. <laughs> and I'm excited for it. I am, too. Me, too. But that's because it's my favorite it, passage. It is. And, and if you want to make the connection, if you want to explain to the listeners a little bit your connection with your name and all that kind mm, of stuff, sure. that would be awesome, too. And then whenever you're done with that, if you want to just read it, and we can start our sharing. Great. Okay. Yeah. So the uh, am I starting this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just what, if you want to just tell us like what your what your connection with the passage is. Sure. That would be awesome. So um, I chose um, to talk about today John eleven, and I always say to everyone, and you've probably if you've like follow me on social media or know me in person or whatever, you've heard me talk about this passage. Um, but it's John eleven, and it's the death of Lazarus, and I always say. If I could pray with one gospel, only one gospel for the rest of my life, it would be this gospel because it is just such a, a absolutely beautiful gospel. And there's so much. It's so rich um, about like relationship with Jesus. And it's a big part of why I chose, asked for or chose my profession name, Bethany. So my whole profession name is Sister Chelsea Bethany. So Chelsea is baptismal, but Bethany is my profession name. And I chose it because I originally, I really have always had a connection with St. Martha. And I've always loved St. Martha. But when I would pray with Martha, it just wasn't quite right. It didn't feel complete. And I remember I was in the apostolate one day and I walked out of, um, actually, I was working in our web store and I walked out of the web store stockroom and the sun was pouring in and all I heard was Bethany. And I was like, huh. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like it like felt that. totally from Jesus. And then I was listening to like music or whatever because I was filling orders and I was trying to like I was praying with things and I often listen to music to pray. And um, I was listening to this song and it was Ed Sheeran and I think it was the Tenerife Sea. And at the end it says, "And in the moment I knew you, Beth." And, and that's how it ends. It says, I knew you, Beth. And I was like, "Oh man!" So <laughs> thank you, Ed Sheeran. Right? Yeah. Thank you, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, <laughs> love to meet you one day. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so like I like that was where I really started um, praying with this gospel passage. And and I realized that all of the gospel passages that had um, really struck me since the beginning of my formation had to do with Bethany mm-hmm. and the place, the place. Sorry. Yeah, yes. Just for those who might. Thank you. Right? It's a town. Yeah. <laughs> it is a town um, where the siblings, Mary, Martha and Lazarus lived. And they were good friends of Jesus. And Mary is often known for that story of Mary and Martha, where like Mary sits at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. And then Martha's one that's serving frantically and like (laughs) is like, oh, my gosh, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, why are you letting her sit at your feet and be lazy? And anyway, that that whole story. And Lazarus is their brother. And I just remember, like, as I'm praying with both this gospel and the Mary and Martha passage, which Martha totally gets a bad rap for Mm -hmm. do not like it um mary for me represented like the contemplative heart of sitting at the feet of jesus and soaking in his words and and getting to know his heart and just by being with him and being there with him and being 
he even kind of like it feels like she's almost a comfort to him also. And then Martha of like that servant's heart. And you see her later actually in the gospel, like serving the disciples even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like her her serving in in love and after her like kind of conversion moment in the Mary and Martha story, <laughs> like of her like being able to serve with the right heart and the right mentality. Mm-hmm. And then Lazarus in this particular gospel, in the death of Lazarus, um, spoiler alert, he is risen from the dead because Jesus (laughs) um, raises him. Um, But he like represents for me that call to conversion, that raising from death to life in sin. And so for me, those three, combining those three and taking the, the... my name as the place where they lived, which is also like a home. And I want to be a home both for Jesus, for my sisters, and for all the people that I encounter. Um, To me, that felt really complete. And so like, there's so much in this gospel passage, I cannot wait to break open with you guys. Um, (laughs) But in all of the gospel passages of Bethany, like I have just it feels really complete and it feels really encompassing to what Jesus is calling me to be and what he's calling me to be for both in community and in life. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I'll stop rambling about it. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Awesome. So do you think you maybe you could um, read, we're not going to read the entire chapter, I know, but like the selection um, pertaining to this particular meditation? Sure. It's a us. little long, so stay with us. But. <laughs> All right, so this is John 11, the raising of Lazarus. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him, for Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. 
So when the Jews who were with her in the house, comforting her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said to him, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this, so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him and let him go. Boom. Done. Woo! No. <laughs> I don't think that's how you end reading the gospel, but no. <laughs> sometimes that's how I end reading the gospel because it's so good. Anyway, <clears throat> I could just like exit Jesus the whole thing. I was going to say, I was gonna say does this do? need to be like part one of eight? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, so set us up. Where are we going with our reflection here? Okay. <laughs> Um, so I love this gospel because it's so, it's so Jesus. Like (laughs) this whole thing is like, um, from the beginning, like from the very beginning where they say like, master, the one you love is ill. And in verse five, they say Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus. Mm -hmm. It just kind of already establishes that deep relationship. And if you look back at some of the gospels, you'll often see him ping-ponging back and forth from Bethany. He kind of mm-hmm. used it almost as like a home it's base. Like Bethany, Capernaum. Yeah. And then Jerusalem. Bethany, Jerusalem. Bethany, yeah. Capernaum, <laughs> Jerusalem. It's like whenever yeah. he's in the area, he goes and visits his buddies. So, because <laughs> um, he knows that Martha's always going to feed his guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, really? Mine's like, will. I got you. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, so, like, there's already this deep relationship here. And the thing that I discovered at a certain point is, like, Mary and Martha send word to Jesus before Lazarus dies. Like, by mm-hmm. world standards, they say to – like, by world standards, they do everything right, quote, right. unquote. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, like, Jesus, like, the one you love is ill. Like, just so you know, like, you might want to come mm-hmm. because we know you can do great things. We know that you can make the sick well. So, like, mm-hmm. we believe in you. Mm-hmm. Please come help. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus stays where he is. It's like it's not even like – and then he went to go preach or he had like a parish mission or like he, he had to like stays. go do something. No, you but know? It, yeah. it actually says like he loved them. So yeah. when he heard that he was ill, he stayed. Not but. 
Yeah, so, so not like he loved them, but he had other things that he really had to do. Yeah. It was like, no, he loved them. And therefore, so, yeah. therefore... I used to get so he frustrated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I was like, yeah. they did it right. So like, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes in my own life, I'm like, I did everything right. Yeah. And Jesus is like, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, hello? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and? <laughs> um, but I love that like he... Like, in that, they did everything right by the world's standards, and yet Jesus still had a bigger plan that called them to a greater trust. Mm -hmm. But they don't know it yet, and that's, like, one of the most frustrating places to be. So sometimes I try to remind myself of that when I'm in a place where I'm like, I don't get it, and I've done what I think is right, Mm -hmm. and I still don't see where you are or what you're doing or why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. In fact, it seems to even go against like this love that I believe that you have for me and I don't mm-hmm. understand it. Mm-hmm. And so like in this, it's like they, Mary and Martha were right there. They know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then one of my, the when I, the first time that I fell in love with this gospel was because of this next part where Mary, Martha, sorry, where Martha come, hears that Jesus is coming into town and she doesn't even let him get into town. Mm-hmm. And I almost imagine her because we become good friends. So I, this might be putting a little bit of like attitude on her or like words in her mouth, but this is my take on it. So I'm not a scripture scholar. This is my take on it. Just <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. Um, I almost imagine her just like flying out of the house, not even worrying to shut the door. Mm-hmm. Like she knows people are inside. She's like running down the 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 road and almost like runs into Jesus and almost like pounding on his chest. Like, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Like, what Mm -hmm. the heck are you doing showing up right now? Seriously? Like, Mm -hmm. just like, because you'll see it throughout the rest of this passage, like her relationship with Jesus is one that is just so like profound that she can like, she knew him so well that she could be raw with him. And Mm -hmm. she knew that he wasn't going to reject her or rebuke her, that he was going to take her where she was and that she could run up to him and just be like, what are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. like she also, it's kind of cool. She makes this profound statement of faith in that too. Like, I know that if you had been here, it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. Why weren't you here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was like, like, Jesus is almost like asking her of more faith. Mm-hmm. But this is why, like, the first time I fell in love with this gospel was this because, like, she can, even in her pain, she, like, makes this statement of deep faith mm-hmm. and, like, that she can hold both. And I love that Jesus, immediately after that, he says um, in the 20s somewhere that, like, like, I almost love, I almost read that part as, like, this, like, sort of sassy back and forth with like Jesus and Martha of like Martha like if you had been here my brother wouldn't have died but I know that whatever like whatever you ask of God God will give you so she's like I still have hope even though I'm in this profound moment of grief and like um pain and Jesus says like your brother will rise she's like I know but like on the last day like that's very unhelpful <laughs> <It's> like too <laughs> late yeah <laughs> she's like I know like I know he'll rise on the last day mm-hmm. that doesn't help me right now mm-hmm. and um Jesus is like I am the resurrection uh, do you b-? and then I love that he asks her do you believe this because it's such a radical thing to ask someone mm-hmm. and she says like yes I've come to believe that yes mm-hmm. you are the messiah the son of god and I I love that um, she renews her faith even in the midst of her pain and her grief and her confusion because she doesn't know how that's going to work out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then right after this, I this is I love to see Mary and Martha's completely different personalities because Mary then hears that Jesus is in town and she comes flying out of the house. But she doesn't come up and pound on his chest. Instead, she like almost crumples at his feet. Mm-hmm. And it's like I almost imagine her asking. They ask the exact same question. Like if you or same makes the same statement, mm-hmm. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And I almost like not despairing, but like it's a completely different like. Like, Lord, where are you? It has a different like, energy. Yeah, yeah it's completely sure. different. Yeah. And so I love to hear their different personalities. And that like that's a, that's something that I love that like they each have their own unique relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That he takes them who they are, like in who they are, where they are, in their grief and in their pain. And he can still like call them out in faith in that. And they have like they just both have a to- like totally different relationships with Jesus, even mm-hmm. though they're like sisters. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just so beautiful. Um and Jesus, like, right after this, you see him be—it's the only time in the gospel where we hear Jesus, like, weeping mm-hmm. or that we have record of, like, Jesus—like, his heart is moved with pity often, but he doesn't usually, like, show it externally. And so this—the shortest verse in the whole gospel, and Jesus wept— um, is right here in this passage. And like the fact that he is so moved by by Mary and by what's happening in the face of death, that death was never supposed to happen to us in this way, but because of the fall, it does. Mm-hmm. And um, he's so moved by the grief of these sisters. And I just like, I love that it shows that he can hold our pain as like he can hold us in our pain and he can hold our pain too, Mm -hmm. that he can be with us in it. And um, he can hold this like profound pain and this profound hope and that he knows what he's about to do, but he's still able to hold it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, I just think it's so beautiful because sometimes I just think of like Jesus is like so removed, sitting up in the clouds, like, but no, he like, he shares it with us. And just to say too, like, he didn't have to raise Lazarus for all of that to be true. Right. You know, like, right. and, and even like her question, like, or the statement, if you had been here. And like, sometimes it can feel like, God, if you had been here, all this stuff would not have gone wrong. Right. You know, um, but but he is there. Yeah. He is there. And Jesus knew what he was doing and not being there. And, and it's never too late for him to turn it to good. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that means the resurrection of somebody or the miraculous healing of somebody or him just like pouring in a grace that we couldn't have otherwise even imagined, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's that sitting there and being willing to approach him in whatever way our personality like drives us to mm-hmm. that allows us to even be open to what it is that he maybe has in mind after a devastating experience or right. just like a really difficult moment. And right. knowing that he longs for you. Like mm-hmm. I think it's hard it's hard to think of him longing for Lazarus when he just sat for two days and did absolutely nothing. But he did because the only other time, at least in my memory, that we hear about Jesus weeping is over Jerusalem Mm -hmm. right right. before his passion. And that was a weeping of longing, like Mm -hmm. longing to gather the chicks like Mm -hmm. like a hen does, right? Like it's the same kind of longing he has for the healing of these sisters, for Lazarus Mm -hmm. and his life. Like that's a beautiful thing. But to be able to trust in it when – you haven't seen him show up when he could have, mm-hmm. you know, that's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and there's a line in here also later where it says, um, I think it's the people that are surrounding Mary and Martha, and, and they say, like, could not uh, – here it is, number 30, uh, verse 37, it says, could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so this man wouldn't have died? Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're not standing in a place of, like, faith and in a place of, like, Hope, even in the midst of grief, even in the face of despair, you can still have hope. Even if you're feeling like doubtful, you can still have faith. And I feel like when you lose that, you become – when you can't stand in that, you become like snarky in a bad way and mm-hmm. cynical mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. couldn't, he have, couldn't he have done this? And like, mm-hmm. what is he doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like standing in that profound faith that these sisters, that Jesus calls them over and over in this gospel of like, do you believe this? Like, mm-hmm. do you believe that I can do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that, that thing of too, like, yeah, he coulda. Yeah. And now he's going to do something even better yeah. than you imagine. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And then we get to my favorite part that I know all of us have prayed with. And actually, at my profession, this was what the homily was about. And I absolutely, (laughs) I like died laughing. It was so great. But my absolute favorite line in this whole gospel is not like, Lord, I believe you are the resurrection. But my favorite line is, Lord, there will be a stench. (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because Jesus says like, Jesus says, roll away the stone. And Martha, like, the ever practical is, like, listen, like, you don't want to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I know you're God, but also it's going to smell real bad in there. He's been dead for four days. It's hot. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really, really gross. Like, I know we're standing, like, a football field away, but (laughs) it's not going to be good. You're going to be able to smell it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is, like, I just love that she can be so raw Mm -hmm. with Jesus, like, Mm -hmm. and just be, like, I know you're about to maybe do something miraculous because that's weird that you're asking to open the tomb. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to warn you. Yeah. yeah. Like, consider all of the consequences, right. yeah. please. And that's so my personality. I'm like, can we wait until we've thought through every possible thing? A lot of the times I love, like, my sisters, like, pull me out of this a lot because I'm often the one that's like, well, do we think of this? Do we think of that? Can we do this? Mm-hmm. People are like, can we just move? <laughs> like, can we just do a thing? Some things we'll figure out when we get there. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, no, we need a plan A, B, C, D, E, F. F and Z. Um, <laughs> or in Canadian, Z. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All um, translations. Yes, all the translations. Um, but I love this line because it just shows her relationship with Jesus so deeply. But the other thing is that Jesus, Jesus asks her for another testimony of faith, but it also shows me that he is not afraid of our stench like Mm -hmm. he's not afraid of fear like the fear of it smelling bad he's not Mm -hmm. afraid of the stench itself Mm -hmm. he's not afraid of us and our stench he's not afraid of of what other people will think of the stench he's not afraid like he's not afraid of it and he wants to enter into it and he wants to roll away the stone he wants to expose it to the light Mm -hmm. he wants to expose it to the air Mm -hmm. um and to me that's a line i have prayed with so much in my religious life because I think, like, surprise, surprise, religious life is made up of a bunch of humans. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> Groundbreaking news. Nuns are human. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, 
that over and over again, it's like, yeah, when we hurt each other, when things are hurting, when when I hurt other people, mm-hmm. um, because that happens like very occasionally. But <laughs> it's, it's so rare. Like the one time I did. Like yeah. the one time I did it and I just felt really I thought really I did, bad. but then I realized I actually did. <laughs> yeah. No, I know one time for sure I did, but oh, okay, like, okay. don't worry. It okay. wasn't so bad. No, no. <laughs> Jokes, jokes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimers. Um, So, yeah, like the fact that like Jesus isn't afraid of the stench of it all and that like I need to be in a place where I can also receive the stench of my sisters as well. You know, like Mm -hmm. I know that sounds kind of Mm -hmm. gross, but um, when, when we are dead in sin... Even as religious sisters, when we have grossness about us, it's like to be able to receive the other and to ask Jesus to enter into it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say there wasn't a stench. It wasn't like yeah. And then and they, they rolled like flowers. They, they rolled the stone back, <laughs> and an aroma of roses floated out. Right. Yeah. It probably I smelled highly, really bad. I'm sure Martha was 100 percent correct, yeah. which is why they didn't say anything. They're yeah. like, and, and yeah. yep, she was right. No, no <laughs> and then the guys who, yeah. And then the guys who rolled away the stones passed out from the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was present once um, at the exhuming of a body from a grave. Oh. Yeah. Um, when I was, I think I was like 25, and I went on a mission trip to Peru um, with some sisters and a bunch of teenagers from our, from our diocese. And one of the families there like really kind of took us under their wing and they their father had been dead for many years but the siblings had saved up and saved up and saved up so that they could get him a proper grave um, because he was buried in a grave that had a couple people in it but he was on the top layer Mm -hmm. so they saved up like for like 15 years or something crazy yeah to get him a proper grave that's what they were saving their money for and at the exhumation if that's a word um, they invited us to come. Oh, wow. And I was a little bit uncomfortable because, like, I never met this man. And I, I even wonder, like, at this event, like, were there children? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, were there... And and to be able to see with how much love that grave was dug up, how much care, but there was a stench. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, like, how many years later? It wasn't in the peak of... Mm-hmm. So when they when they were getting close, they actually started passing around like handkerchiefs. And I think it was some type of alcohol. Oh. They would pour on it because you know how it like the smell of alcohol kind of clears your mm-hmm. sinuses. Yeah. That's why it goes in hot toddies. Like yeah. <laughs> um, they, they poured it on and they would put it in front of their face as they were digging. Oh, wow. And we didn't do that because we had minors with us. And like, uh-huh. was, you yeah. know, it was a bad idea. So we just we took a step back, but you could still totally smell it. Yeah. But it didn't stop anything and somehow like the love and the sacredness of that moment didn't make you want to step back any further like Mm -hmm. I wanted to see this guy that everybody loved like I wanted to see him so like when they actually uncovered him he he was mostly skeletal at that point you could still see some of his clothes were still there Mm -hmm. um some of his skin some of his hair um but even with the smell, it didn't gross me out. Mm-hmm. And it didn't gross me out because their love transformed how I saw this guy. Oh, wow. Like What an experience. Yeah. I feel like Jesus does that for us with each other. Mm-hmm. Like when it's so – when we can look at each other in our stench, mm-hmm. like you say, Sister Bethany, 
um, with the eyes of someone who loves that person so much, even in a sin they're dying in, Mm -hmm. like even in something terrible that's hurting you, Mm -hmm. like when we can see through his love, it does transform how we see them and it transforms how we react to that and what it means to step back or not step back. Like obviously boundaries come into play when someone is hurting us, but like Mm -hmm. at the same time, it totally transforms how we see and like what that person means to us yeah. changes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's so beautiful. That's amazing. Sorry, I'm just like contemplating this like, wow, I've never been to anything even remotely close. Like I've been to a bunch of funerals and a bunch yeah. of people being like lowered into graves or into mausoleums, but like I've never seen someone taken out. <laughs> yeah. And I had actually yeah. never been to a wake before, before that oh, wow. ever oh, wow. in my life. So that was my first time seeing someone who was not alive. Oh, wow. Like, wow. actually, because at the funerals, the coffin's closed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. And just, like, the, I mean, the stench is there because of the effects of death, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the whole point of the story is Jesus' power is greater than mm-hmm. death. It's yeah. greater than decomposition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's It's greater than... You know, any sin that could cause our soul to kind of start to be rancid, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's greater than all of it. But like and you're talking about like Martha's approach to it and like their willingness to endure it and stuff. But like my when I was praying with it, I was thinking of Lazarus had to allow himself to be smelled. Yeah. Oh, like like. Yeah, because he came out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like from his perspective, like, I'm, and I almost even think like he must have made some kind of crazy act of faith before he died, you know, yeah. like just. <laughs> Like, he had to allow himself, his odor, his whatever, to be exposed. And not only to Jesus in that moment, but to, like, to the people around him. Mm-hmm. And as I was praying with that, I was thinking about it as, like, a um, a moment in healing. And there's, there's a line, sorry, nerd alert, but there's a line in the Council of Trent that mm-hmm. says, the documents of the Council of Trent, that says um, that... If the sick person is too ashamed to show his wound to the doctor, Mm. the medicine cannot heal what it does not know. And it's talking about confession there. And that's Mm -hmm. why we have to actually, like, confess our sins. Mm. But, like, yeah, like, if the sick person isn't willing to let the physician in Mm -hmm. and to let them see the yuck and smell the yuck Mm -hmm. and touch the yuck, Mm -hmm. how are they ever supposed to do anything about it? Mm -hmm. So, like, from – I was thinking about it from, like, Lazarus's perspective of, Mm -hmm. like – let Jesus' power in here, you know, regardless of whatever anybody else might experience or feel or see. Yeah. Wow. I've prayed with this gospel for years, and I've never <laughs> prayed with it from Lazarus's perspective. I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> that's actually that's he had real, no perspective. I'm going to go back and pray with it from Lazarus's perspective because I've never prayed with it from – because, I mean, I guess, yeah, imagine, like, being like, hey, you called Jesus. I feel like I'm going to die. Like, asking, like, your big sister yeah. Martha – well, little, yeah. you don't know where they we line up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Asking your sister, like, you know she'll do it because she's a a doer. Mm -hmm. So he's like, hey, can you tell Jesus, like, it's not looking good? Mm -hmm. And then Jesus did not show up. Like, imagine Mm -hmm. what that was like. When Mm -hmm. you knew, because the thing is, the thing that breaks my heart the most about that part part is they knew exactly where he was. That's why they got word to him accurately. They knew that he could make it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's why they were mad. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's really, so way back when, this is my anthropology nerd alert, way back when, (laughs) this is great, doctors... When they were trying to diagnose what was wrong with you interiorly, they didn't have the technology to look inside of you or run these mm-hmm. like chemical tests. Mm-hmm. They would smell your breath. Mm-hmm. Weird. 
And you I mean, like, knew. Still, still to this oh, yeah, day. They I mean, still like, do that. That that can be a first alert for all Absolutely. kinds of different things. Yeah. yeah. They would smell your breath if you mm-hmm. had a wound and mm-hmm. it was like they couldn't quite tell from a distance. They would come up and they would smell the wound. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like and you think about how even now, like sometimes if you've been like running all day, yeah. you don't want to take off your shoes when you get home, even with the people that you love because you're yeah. embarrassed, right? <laughs> oh <God>. Like <laughs> Like, please stay away. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but like, it's it's this it's this like self-consciousness of I want to appear perfect before mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. even when there is no reason for me to appear perfect. And even if I need help, mm-hmm. I would rather you think I was more perfect and die because of it. Yeah. Then expose that I need help yeah. and like have you encounter me in that utter vulnerability that mm-hmm. I can't control something I can't control. And the fact that because I used to think about this as a child because I'm a bit of a science geek. And I was like, you know, even if Lazarus's flesh in that moment had stopped decomposition and everything regenerated and the smell disappeared from his flesh, it would still be on the linen. There's no way that he did not smell. There's no way. So like, yeah, the fact that he just kind of came out and he couldn't even see like the thing was still on his face. He just kind of, yeah, just like clambers out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had to let Jesus was not the one who unbound yeah. him. He had to let other people mm-hmm. smell his stench mm-hmm. and other people touch it, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite, favorite things about this. Like the last two things is Jesus saying, Lazarus come out. So he calls him by his name. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. call him by like, hey, dead man or like, hey, Your buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's or the like people any... around who call him the dead man. Yeah, out. right, yeah, right. Jesus calls him by his name. Jesus calls yeah. him by his name. And so I always I always tell people and I always think about the fact it's like Jesus calls you by your name, but the evil one calls you by your sin. Mm-hmm. And so if that's if it to me, like I know a lot of my life, like sometimes when you even talk to yourself yeah. like negatively, it's like that is not of Jesus mm-hmm. because Jesus calls you by your name. He doesn't be like, oh, stupid or like, oh, right. like mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you're you're saying. Or, he might say your name. That hey, was you, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Get not going to call you yeah, that. He doesn't you know? call you yeah. stupid. Or he's not yeah. going to he's not going to call you by whatever sin you are going by these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but he's going to call you by your name always. Yeah. And so that's something I love. And then this last line of like he he himself doesn't go and unbind Lazarus, mm-hmm. but it's the members of the community. Mm-hmm. And so for me, just like you're saying, it's like they have to smell and touch and see um, unbind you in all vulnerability and like sometimes like for me that would be so hard it's like once you have my arms free you'd be like i'm good i got it yeah. <laughs> like, i'll do the rest don't you. touch me yeah. um step back please but it's like can like jesus asks the members of his community to unbind him and he does the same thing for me mm-hmm. and that happens to me regularly where sisters in my own community unbind me from things and sometimes it's really really freaking uncomfortable and it's really really hard Mm -hmm. and you want to scream like just get away from me like Mm -hmm. don't like I I got it like I want to be Mm self-sufficient but Jesus is calling them to unbind me from whatever it is that I'm being bound by and that I Mm -hmm. am blind to and yeah and it takes a lot of vulnerability it takes a lot of courage to Mm -hmm. to stand there and be unbound yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you feel pretty helpless. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. When that happens. And I think um, I was just reflecting. There's actually another time in the gospel when Jesus tells us he doesn't mind our stench. Oh, really? And it was just occurring to me that, like, when he talks about 
the father receiving home the prodigal son mm-hmm. after he's been wallowing oh, with the yeah. swine. Yep. He runs and he meets him on the road. He doesn't send him for a bath. Right. He runs and he meets him and he embraces he's been him. Living with pigs. And yes. that's that's how we're supposed to understand that Jesus embraces us when we return from our sins. So to me, that's like another moment when he mm-hmm. says, "I don't mind the smell. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Come yeah. here, give me a hug." You know, mm-hmm. like. And and again, for me, like that, it's just really calling me to appreciate even more deeply the sacrament of confession. Yeah. And that he he asks us to come and to reveal those wounds and mm-hmm. and those places. And because he, he deals with us according to our own nature. He does. He's not just gonna be like, Oh yeah, 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 let me clean up that thing while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he he really he wants us involved in the process mm-hmm. and and he respects us so deeply. And so he says, come show me the thing that you want me to heal. Mm-hmm. It's just like with uh, with Bartimaeus when he says, it's a blind man coming to him. And he says, <laughs> what do you want me to, to do, do for you? you? And how many people around him do you think were sitting there going, Duh. what the heck do you think he wants you to do for him? <laughs> Genius. Yeah. But Jesus respected him because exactly. as yeah. it was pointed out recently in a homily, like, mm-hmm. you know, father was saying, like, think about it. What if? He's like, yeah, I'm blind, but my sister is dying. Yeah. 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 Or what if he was like, yeah, I'm blind, but like my daughter is in pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, so Jesus respected. What is the thing that you are asking of me right Mm -hmm. now? And and he respects us in that, too. And so that's why he invites us to come to the sacrament of confession to pour that stuff out and to let him do the cleanup job. Yeah. It's it's really beautiful. And that's part of allowing the church, the community, in a way that protects our dignity. It keeps mm-hmm. us it keeps us safe from like having to blast it. We don't blast it on social media. Right. right. <laughs> nope. But we do we do share with the church in the person of the priest who mm-hmm. is in the person of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's so special how much smell actually is present in the Bible in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking about all of the all of the parables even that Jesus tells that I think if for for those of us who either grew up on farms or around farms, like some of the things he talks about, at least in me, like bring up an olfactory awareness. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when even when he talks about sheep, like mm-hmm. sheep mm-hmm. have a very particular smell. And I know when I am driving to visit um, home after like, you know, a year away in the convent and I'll go visit my family. As soon as I smell horse manure, I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I am home. It's yeah. not because horse manure inherently smells beautiful, but it, it like <laughs> I have that association with like family and yeah. love and, you know, even a tie to the land and, and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he really does use all of those things actually to communicate with us, to communicate even his love of either disregarding them mm-hmm. or finding them precious because of us, mm-hmm. because they speak to him of us, mm-hmm. even in his human senses here is so, so moving to me. Um, And I actually, so I went and looked up some other places where like stench is mentioned in the Bible because I was like, where else, where else? (laughs) And it's interesting because mostly in the Old Testament, it's referring specifically to sin, Mm -hmm. um, like the stench of sin. But in the New Testament, it does play that role, but it also like plays a lot of other roles. Mm -hmm. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul actually reminds us that not only does Christ come and, in a sense, take on our scent, not just with a human body, but like being a shepherd among sheep. Like, yeah. I mean, you smell like the sheep, yeah. right? Like, so, but also we take on his. Mm-hmm. And Paul kind of reminds us in 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter two, that like when we are, when Christ is within us and we are speaking in the person of Christ, 
um, or allowing Christ to speak through us and we go somewhere, we have a smell to other people. Like people smell that according to him, right? And depending on where they're at in that moment, I think Paul refers to it as like whether they're headed for life or like on a road to destruction, like which way they're facing basically, the smell will come off different. Yeah. Like for some, it's going to stink and they're going to be like, get away from me. That's yeah. ew. And some people are going to be like, whoa, that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I love how even in that moment where you're like, oh, that really stinks, it brings you to attention. Yeah. And actually, that can be the thing that makes you turn and look and be like, what is that smell? And yeah. that turning, that conversion mm-hmm. can like get you to that place where mm-hmm. you needed to be. So like Jesus uses that to get to us, but also to get to other people. Like Mm -hmm. we get to take on his scent and allow that to be a theme for other people. Yeah. Super cool. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I was even thinking like while I was home, like because I haven't lived at my parents' house for like a dozen years at this point, (laughs) my parents' house like smells like has a scent to me. Right. Whereas yes. when I lived there, I couldn't smell it. Yeah. And I was also thinking about this like sense of like of of how smell is connected even with memories mm-hmm. and and your association of home. Yeah. Like while it's very weird to like be able to smell the smell of my parents' house now because I couldn't smell it before. And it's like, but to me it's like that it smells like home. And I actually, I also grew up on a farm. So like to me, this the scent of manure on fields. And I grew up across from like a vineyard. So um, when they would spread manure on all the fields, it like now when I smell, I'm like, ah, oh, that smells like home. But my best friend in high school, she was from the city. And she'd be like, how do you stand it up here? It's terrible. And I was like, I was like, listen. Like, and to me, like my dad literally, it's kind of a joke in our family, but he would roll down the window and he'd go, <laughs> mm, like when it was like fresh being like yeah. as it was being like sprayed across the field right <laughs> most it's potent yeah great fertilizer and now also really being sprayed inside things. the car mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah but he would roll down all the windows and be like dad but he's like hey we go mm. like he's like isn't it great and we'd be like dad roll out the windows but now as an adult if I see the, I, I'm the one I'm like <sighs> home and so but it is I love the way that you brought up like but it smells different to different people so like my friend in high school was like this is disgusting yeah and I'm like oh my gosh this smells like home to me mm-hmm. this smells familiar this smells like comfort this smells like nurturing this smells like life mm-hmm. and but like for her I mean th- this makes it sound like she's headed on the path of destruction but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's not what I'm saying I'm sorry you know who you are if you're listening um it's just an analogy yeah it's just an analogy but like just to say that yeah the way that we perceive things mm-hmm. um are so different and and that our sense of smell is so connected um with like even memory and with our sense of like how we feel even mm-hmm. internally. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there was this floor cleaner that the sisters <laughs> used the first few times that I came here to Boston. It's some kind of like. OK, I still can't stand it. I know you can't. But <laughs> I, my family never but my family never used it. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I smelled it outside of the convent was in a Walmart. Mm. And I like stopped and I was like. The nuns. Like, and it was just like, like my association with a particular smell. Yeah. And so like I – right? Yeah. So like that's something that I I love that association because this is a 
tiny bit tangential, but it does have to do with scent. Something that I love about also my name, Bethany, is that the anointing of Jesus took place in Bethany too. Mm -hmm. And in some gospel passages, and tell me if I get this wrong, but there's two different accounts. One, she breaks the nard on his feet, and one, she breaks it on his head. Either way, this oil is and going possibly like, both. And yeah. pos- it's possible yeah. that it was both, all the yeah. things. And if it's mm-hmm. going on your head, it's going everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. And also, you know, in ancient Israel, they're not like taking showers every day. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, lather it up and sh- wash it off. Yeah. But it, this happened like days before the passion. And mm-hmm. what happens to oil when it gets heated up, but it smells? Mm-hmm. And so, like, to me, Something that I loved, I think it was Sister Carly Paula actually pointed me out, pointed this out to me for the first time, but now I, I absolutely love it, is that like as Jesus was walking Calvary, he probably hadn't bathed, mm-hmm. um, but his body, he was sweating, he was bloody, he was hot, it was hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he probably was smelling that oil that was poured on his head. Mm-hmm. And so like I like to think that it gave him like an ounce of comfort in the midst of this great agony and this great suffering, but that like that scent probably brought him back in some way like to that moment of total offering on Mary's part. Mm-hmm. And so just like how much smell can do for us too of bringing you back to a moment like there's a particular incense that was used at my first profession that when I still smell I still think Mm -hmm. of that moment you know and things like that so it's like our sense and our memories are so connected Mm -hmm. so connected yeah and after Jesus death on the cross Mm -hmm. and they do wash him then right Mm -hmm. they anoint him with the same oils and spices Mm -hmm. as the bridegroom in Psalm 45 Mm -hmm. which is like this is like my favorite thing ever so like when he (laughs) when he rises like he smells like the bridegroom and I just I think that's so beautiful that over and over and over again he's just kind of he's letting us in in this very personal way because you know some like if you're really close to someone Everyone has a scent. Yeah. Everyone does. I know yeah. this weird some people out, but it's true. Everyone has a scent. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Like a lot of animals, it's how they identify their, yes. their own young. Mm-hmm. Like if a widow loses her husband, often yeah. the last thing that they get rid of is their pillow yeah. because it smells like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like this, this indication of Jesus' closeness with all of us and with us as individuals. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid of our smell and he embraces it, mm-hmm. you know, and he lets us take on his. Mm-hmm. Like that's... That's like the epitome of like mm-hmm. intimacy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, the whole thing for me just really wraps up in the image of Jesus, like just kind of crying out to people, come to me, all of you. Mm-hmm. And like he's talking about like, yes, all of you, all you masses. But he is also saying like all of you, yeah, like you, Bethany, you, Orient, like mm-hmm. come to me, all of you. Bring with, bring your peace, your shame, mm-hmm. your joy, your beauty, the wounds, the little rancid bits. Like bring all <laughs> of it. Parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring all of it. Come to me. Yeah. Like that's I want all of you, and I want to be the divine physician. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one who brings the healing. I want to want be the one who takes the, the, those beautiful parts and makes them shine even more. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, let's do this together. Let me let me be with you and yeah. be with me and come and rest with me. Yeah. So. Amen. Wow. In the stench. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this gospel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Jesus, so. <laughs> mm. Oh. 
Oh, this is a long episode. Should we close the prayer? So should we keep going? <laughs> Let's make it a record. Welcome <laughs> to part two. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. We very yes. easily could. I mean, I could keep going, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've touched on like two of my many notes here, but that's okay. <laughs> Next time you come to Boston, we will record yet another episode. Love it. It's a date. <laughs> Great. So for our closing prayer, we're going to use um, a prayer that uh, Blessed James Alberione wrote. It's part of a full chaplet to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, we're just going to read one, one point of it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Divine Master, I thank and bless your most meek heart, which led you to give your life for me. Your blood, your wounds, the scourges, the thorns, the cross, your bowed head, tell my heart. No one loves more than he who gives his life for the loved one. The shepherd died to give life to the sheep. I too want to spend my life for you. Grant that you may always, everywhere, and in all things dispose of me for your greater glory, and that I may always repeat, your will be done. Inflame my heart with holy love for you and for souls. Sweetheart of my Jesus, make me love you more and more. Mary, Queen of the Apostles, pray, pray for, for us. St. Paul the Apostle, pray, pray for, for us. From all sin, deliver us, O Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Woo. Thank you, Sister Bethany. Thanks for having me. This it was awesome. really fun. <laughs> Thanks. Yay. And now, cue Sister Bethany's voice taking us out. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.